Hi. What's up? Hi. We're the big dudes in the trenches. Hi. 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 I'm Doug. This is Bug. Tug's not here. He's doing things, I guess. Uh, other than football, shame on him. Fuck that. We're all about the football here. <laughs> and the Krusty Krab is unfair. Mr. Krabs is in there. Plotting his oppression. <laughs> Terrible. All right. So <laughs> this episode is all about previewing week eight of the college football season. We are mostly. 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 We are closing in on getting to the first ever, uh, not the first ever, the first college football playoff rankings of 2023. The it's first the ever of 2023. <laughs> true. True. Uh, but we have another week after this to go of using the AP poll, which sucks because the AP sucks, but Gross. is what it is, uh, which means we have a whole bunch of AP ranked teams to look at this week. We have some great rivalries Gross. this week. I got to I gotta give you a heads up, though. Next week's going to be huge. Like, we're going to have, like, an extra 10 games of, over normal. Are- are we even going to pick games during rivalry week at the end of the year? Like, are we just going to go? I mean, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There's not as many ga- rivalry games on rivalry week as it's made out to be. It's just all the huge ones happen that day. So, Fair. There, there'll be, there are plenty of rivalry games to go around all throughout the season, uh, including this episode. We'll be previewing several. So, I think it's time to get started on. Some of them things. Uh, Absolutely. These are the rules, which I kind of just went over abstractly, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if we The most important know. thing here is when we pick our matchups, we have a chance to get bonus points. Yeah, as if there weren't enough points to go around. Yeah, for good. <laughs> if we pick three good games, two good games, or no good games. The only way you don't you net zero points is if you only pick one good game, which I'm really good at. Uh, I need to I need yeah. to get it in gear a little bit here. You're very consistent with that. But before we I, even get to week before we get to this upcoming weekend of college football, we have the weekdays worth of college football already happening. Last night, as we were live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches. Uh last night was one of the rivalry games that we had to make a pick for because we're picking all the rivalry games. So New Mexico State at UTEP. New Mexico State pulls this one out 28 to 7. Really fun stat here. This is the first time that New Mexico State has beaten both of their rivals on the road since 1923. Now, <laughs> caveat, they normally play either UTEP or New Mexico at home. Uh, <laughs> But they happened to play both of them on the road this year for the first time in 100 years. And the first time they beat them both on the road in 100 years. Let's fucking go, Jerry Kill, baby. I'm, I'm giving Jerry Kill that W all day, every day. So don't even <laughs> don't even try and stop him. And then tonight, live already, right now, you can hop over to ESPN+. Plus. I would recommend sticking around for the show. But you can hop over to ESPN+. Plus. To check out the battle of winless teams, Southeastern Louisiana, the huge 12-point favorite over rival Northwestern State tonight, uh, which this is the first time I've seen a line for an FCS game in a long time. And also, uh, you're picking the favorite for good reason. I understand why they're the favorite, but 
Tug and I went for the emotional pick, trying to trying to latch on the coattails. So at, at very minimum here, I have ex, I have expanded my lead over Tug by one. No matter what happens here, I'm okay with that. And I've gained ground on Tug by one. So it's a win win for both of us. I'm also okay with it's a win win for me and for both of us. <laughs> I have a win-win. You have a win. The tug has a net negative <laughs> all around. <laughs> but speaking of that, we are overall. This record is updated to reflect that New Mexico State UTEP game last night, and our bonus points as awarded in last episode. So, you know, tugs, tugs in the neighborhood. He's hanging around, pesky little bee. Ten games back. Don't don't call it. Don't count me out yet. I will never call you out. You know this. You've been annoyed by how reluctant I am to call you out. <laughs> uh, but like I said, we still have the AP poll to go off of for our ranked versus ranked matchups of the upcoming weekend. Uh, that the first college football playoff committee ranking comes out October thirty-one. Which happy Halloween. Well, that's not Halloween because it's a Tuesday, but also I, October, October 31st is always Halloween. We're not, we're not talking about Easter. We're talking about Halloween. I, I always see, I forget Tricker, sometimes that it's actually a, like a Catholic holiday thing. Like it's a, it's a legitimate event. I just associate it with trick or treating. So I always think it's the Saturday. Yeah. Trick or treating always <laughs> changes. Like it's very rare. You find it on the day when it's during the right. week like that. Uh, by the way, currently in Louisiana, southeastern Louisiana is leading 21 to 17 with 826 left in the second quarter. Northwestern yeah. State has the ball. Uh, so it looks like you guys you guys might have been on to something with uh, with the emotion pick here. It looks like Northwestern State's been able to pull together a little bit more than maybe we expected. I mean, they're keeping it close, but southeastern Louisiana still winning. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm holding that hope, but yeah, it's you're probably gonna get that point. Let's be real. <laughs> I knew it. It's all right. But go ahead, hop into these ranked versus ranked matchups in chronological order, as we always do, starting off at noon Eastern on Fox, the big nude kickoff. <laughs> Penn State at Ohio State. This scares me. <laughs> Uh, we all picked Ohio State here. Now, I do appreciate if we, this if, is a – go ahead. If Penn State wins, I don't want the Buckeye leaf. I want a legitimate marijuana leaf on here. I just want to make that known right now. And if you don't do it, if it hurts too much for you to do it, I will do it for you. That makes no sense. I always do something relating to the team who won over us. So it would probably be a fucking mountain lion assaulting us. What what if it's a mountain lion smoking a doobie? Isn't that just getting us back to Snoop Lion, which was his worst era? (laughs) (laughs) Was it? Uh, Well, fair. Anyway, (laughs) I, I do understand the sentiment. This is a young team at Ohio State who has been getting better as the weeks go on some noticeable improvements in some really key areas and it's a home game which feels like it matters more to younger less experienced teams 
Penn State is good at the same things Ohio State is good at on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, it's the complete opposite. Ohio State is known as the passing team, and all the running backs are hurt. And Penn State is a fantastic running team who is inconsistent in the passing game. I think it's fair to say. Drew Aller's been a little bit more exciting than Sean Clifford, but not like either of them are Heisman contenders right now. Uh, We'll see about Drew Aller later in his career. So, all that considered, I, I understand why we're all picking Ohio State. And as an Ohio State fan, I appreciate it, but also this scares me. Yeah, you were actually begging me or Tug to change our minds. Which if we weren't if we weren't going to antagonize Tug with every time the Academy shows up on here and we all took Air Force, I would consider it. But I, I can't do it to him and not to you. It's just not fair. Well, and I knew the only chance I had of that was getting Tug to flip because he's the flip-flopper of the of the crew. <laughs> he's not on the show today. You couldn't even talk him into it. <laughs> anyway, next up, Furman at Western Carolina. What a meteoric rise for the Catamounts here. They've been playing it pretty close as of late, though, and I do believe that Furman is the more talented team overall. This game is at Western Carolina, though, so I'm the only one picking the Paladins. What are you thinking? Yeah, I I wanted to give Western Carolina a little bit of an edge at home. It seems like they've been playing better at home all year anyway. This isn't just as simple as, oh, it's a home field advantage. Like, hey, I'm just pulling that, you know, as the one thing I've cling to. If you go back and look through their games, they do legitimately play better at home. So I I feel like maybe there's a little something there. They're going to need everything that every little bit of help they can get everything, even down to the rest, which I'm sure we'll get a little bit of. It's the FCS. Come on. This is going to be a a, a fantastic game. If we weren't going to be preoccupied with the next game, I'd say we should, you know, definitely be watching this one. Yeah. If anybody here is listening is in the Southern Illinois area. Uh, come find us at homecoming for the Salukis because we, Bug and I, will be at this next matchup. South Dakota State will be visiting Southern Illinois, two of the now three highest-ranked teams in the Missouri Valley. I think North Dakota State's below Southern Illinois now. Either that or they're like neck and neck. So, well, North Dakota's uh, got to be ranked pretty high at this point too. Yeah, yeah. So South Dakota State then – well, South Dakota's in the top 10. I don't know. All four of the Dakotas are somewhere up there. Southern Illinois is in the mix. That's what I know for sure. Anyway, <laughs> I'm picking South Dakota State. It feels like they've been on a different level last year and this year. It's just been the Jackrabbits are the Jackrabbits right now. It's going to be tough to beat them. SIU is coming in at 12 on this one. And, of course, I'm going to take them at home for homecoming. Going with the homer pick here, if there's going to be a game that South Dakota State might run into just just a bad game for them, this would be the one. This is probably the best. And it's weird to say that because uh, they still have to play South Dakota, who is ranked number six. I'm pretty sure they have to play North Dakota, who's ranked number 11. And, of course, they have the Dakota marker against number 14, North Dakota State. 
they they don't exactly have an easy path forward. This is this is probably the toughest game they have until they get down to the back end of the season here. Yeah, but they navigated it pretty well last year, right? And it's true. I know, I know North Dakota and South Dakota are playing better right now than they were ever at any point last season. So is Southern Illinois, to be honest with you. Yeah. But the Jack Rabbits ran through the playoffs, and it's a pretty darn similar team to that squad. I know the their tight end got drafted in the what, second, third round, even still. This this Jackrabbit team is something else. I am interested to see too how much the distraction of homecoming is going to affect the Salukis because they they have sure. got to come out. I mean, th- this is something you really only see at the FCS and sure high school levels too, where the homecoming game could end up being a dogfight, pun intended. There, SIU is going to have to be focused for this one, and with everything else going on, who knows what will happen? Right, definitely. Next up, it is the third Saturday in October, which means that Tennessee has a rivalry game. It's the third Saturday of the month. That's what they like to do. This one is in Tuscaloosa, Tennessee at Alabama. Of course, you were never going to take Tennessee, but neither did Tug or I. We're all picking Alabama here, which feels kind of rough, honestly. Like I was very tempted to take Tennessee simply because you guys both picked Alabama before I got in here. I I honestly it crossed my mind, but I I can't I can't do it. Right. I can't I can't I just can't. <laughs> it's too I, emotionally I, taxing. Yeah, I, I yeah, thought about it. Even had that thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it, and I was like, man, if there if there is a year that Alabama's going to lose at home in this one, though, they lost in Knoxville last year. So this would be back to back losses against the Volunteers. It it would be this year. Jalen Milrow. He's improved, but still a lot of the concerns people had about him early in the season are kind of persisting, lingering around. Sure. He's just not that guy, and it's unfortunate uh, for Alabama fans in particular, but th- that seems to be the case. This is kind of a dangerous game for him. As much as I agree with that, I also don't trust that Joe Milton is that guy either. So at some point I have to stick with my guns that I stuck with. Last time I picked Alabama – I'm just going to take Alabama until they stop being Alabama. And so until once people stop, there. <laughs> once everyone stops acting like your program is guaranteed to win the natty because you beat Alabama one time in the regular season, then Alabama is still Alabama. So, <laughs> and I, I will say this too. I, regardless of anything else, Right, I feel like this is a huge conversation in college sports and a little bit at the pros, right? If you, you're a top-end coach, it gets brought up all the time. But in college, the coaches get brought up almost as much as the players, and I would take Nick Saban every Saturday of the month, not just the third Saturday of the month, every Saturday of the month and every other day of the week, for that matter, over Josh Heupel, 100 times out of 100. I mean, I don't know that that's really that fair, though. There are only two, three coaches where that's even a conversation right now at 70-year-old Nick Saban. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. I think uh, it's going to be hard-pressed to find somebody you would take over the greatest college football coach of all time. Just, just my take there. Hey, Michigan State, I heard you're looking to hire Urban Meyer. Don't do that. 
try to get Nick Saban back. <laughs> <laughs> 50 mil a year. Get it, get it done. <laughs> Give them all of that Big Ten media money. <laughs> Make it happen. Do it. Right, Just next, do it. Next up, Duke at Florida State. This is a night game on ABC 730. We got Jordan Travis, one of the top three, four contenders for the Heisman Trophy right now in the betting odds. Not against Riley Leonard, though, because – he is probably not going to play. I, I don't think he's going to play, at least. Uh, if he does, I don't think he's at full health yet. So it's – we're all picking Florida State here. I don't know if I would side with Duke, even if Riley Leonard were a full go. Like 100%, nothing. This is this is what every every smart college football fan was trying to talk Florida State fans off the ledge about in Mike Norvell's first couple of years because yeah. they knew that this was probably coming. This had to be on the horizon, seeing what he'd been able to do at Memphis. I don't want to turn this into Memphis time, but what a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> what a lot of people don't realize is as much as Justin Puente did, Mike Norvell took it to a completely different level. Definitely. So anybody that didn't think Florida state would be able to, he'd be able to do the same thing at Florida state does not understand the work that he did there. What's insane to me is that he got run out of Arizona State and, you know, they were shitty for about five years. So they got what they had coming to them for getting rid of Mike Norvell. Florida State's reaping the benefits of it. And, yeah, I don't – I'm not saying Duke has no chance. We play the games for a reason, right? Florida State at home, number four. They're looking to be in that preliminary college football playoff final four. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Duke's fight right now is for number three, number four in the ACC overall, which is a great place to be for fucking Duke. It's holy shit! Great, it's crazy we're having that conversation right now. That number three, number four is a really good team in the ACC, right? And that fight is probably going to happen next week when they play Louisville. So that's that's a fun one. Which I'll be at that game. There you go. Next up. Utah at USC, number 14 at number 18 now. USC dropping 10 spots after finally letting their weak defense get the better of them and dropping a game. Uh, I'm taking Utah here. If we remember the the last time that USC was uh, a heavy favorite for the playoff, who knocked them out of that conversation? The uh, Utes. Here comes Kyle Whittingham and the Utes. I understand all the drama around Cam Rising, and we've been talking about Cam Rising. Feels like every single episode, whether or not he's going to play in whatever game we happen to be discussing. At this point, I don't care. Utah's playing really well with or without him. Who? It doesn't matter who's at quarterback for the Utes. <laughs> Their defense is so damn good. Here is a fantastic stat that I found. And I didn't verify it. I wasn't the one to look this up, but I do trust it. Um, I know that sounded like a ringing endorsement, but stay with me. Uh, <laughs> there have only been five top 25 defenses that Caleb Williams has ever played in his career in college football. 
Every other defense he has played is outside of the top 25 defenses in yards allowed. So already that's wild. Second of all, all five of those games have been really fucking bad for Caleb Williams. As in touchdown interception ratio is uh, kind of flipped from where it usually is. And that completion percentage goes from, I don't know, pushing 75% to struggling to be in the low 60s. That is a bad look. And especially when you have a team like Utah who can make quarterbacks struggle, can get turnovers, can force you out of rhythm, that has worked. I know it doesn't work all the time for Utah. They they get into shootouts from time to time. We've seen it with USC last year. We saw it with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago, right? Like, that happens to Utah, but their defense creates enough chaos that it's really difficult to stay with them. And Caleb Williams has shown an inability to do that in the Lincoln-Riley system. I don't trust USC in this matchup. So I wouldn't either, but I can't think of a time that Caleb Williams has had back-to-back shitty performances. That's also true. And that's kind of where I was leaning to because USC really does not have a home field advantage. Like, let's face it, nobody goes to college football games in L.A. unless it's a bowl game, which is unfortunate because the Coliseum is beautiful and deserves to be full every week for the Trojans. So, so nobody goes to college football games in L.A. unless they're visiting from somewhere else in the country to right. specifically watch a college football game. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's kind of why I'm going with USC here. I, I just don't see Utah I, – well, I don't see USC having back-to-back bad games. I don't see Caleb Williams having back-to-back bad games. That defense is concerning, though, but I do still think that this offense is going to get it going again. Specifically, Caleb Williams is going to get it going again. He's not going to want to have another poor performance, especially not after making comments like he made about wanting to have ownership stake in whatever team drafts him. You can't uh, – if he comes out and lays another egg after saying that, he might as well just not go to the draft. He might as well find something else yeah. to do. I just feel like if there is a path for Utah to score like 42-plus points, Utah's going to win this. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's, we'll see. Go, on. let's go on to the next game. I'm going to pop out for one second, but I will be right back. I'm taking Sacramento State because despite losing Scadaboo, they really have not missed a step. A lot of the rest of this team very much intact from what they put up last year and made such a great and exciting playoff run. I cannot wait to see them do it against another top team in the country at home. I understand taking Montana State. I went back and forth on this three or four times. I literally changed it three or four times on this slide alone. I'd resize and be like, no, I want to go. I want to go with Montana State. No, I want to go with Sacramento State. So this one, this was not an easy decision, but I landed on Sacramento State because I like them. They, they, I'm ready for them to shock us again this year. Frankly, fair enough. <clears throat> fair enough. Uh, this is number two Montana State at number three Sacramento State. For the record, there, uh, the late game on ESPN Plus, 10:30 p.m. Eastern start time for this, uh, which I'm. I'm definitely staying up for because this is going to be awesome. We've already seen a top three matchup when we saw South Dakota State play Montana State earlier this season. Montana State stayed at number two because it was that good of a game, 
and it felt like it could have gone either way, literally down to the last play of the game. As much as I just talked about the last slide, how South Dakota State looks like they're on another level compared to everyone else in the FCS right now, that's the game that we saw. Montana State was within a single play, a single call away from winning that game against the Jackrabbits. So I have a really hard time picking against them in any game the rest of the way this year. But Sacramento State, as much as we like them and what they have done so far, it to me, it feels like they've lucked into being the number three team in the country right now. That win against Stanford is fun, but we all kind of recognize Stanford sucks, <laughs> right? Can uh, we say Stanford sucks? Can we still say that? Yeah, Colorado sucks too. So... <laughs> That's where I'm at. And <laughs> not wrong. They are without Scatabo. They also had to replace their tight end, who we talked about being the greatest tight end in the FCS last year. Now, Coleman Koontz has come in and played pretty well, but it is not the same. Um, I feel like other teams losing around them has helped Sacramento State get up to this number three, they lost to Idaho in a way that scared me for Sacramento State's playoff chances this year and also made me believe in Idaho as a legitimate national title contender, like at the same time. And then Idaho just lost to Montana. So I don't know what to make of any of these teams in in the big sky other than Montana State, who, again, their only loss was to South Dakota State on a – but it's fair to call that a questionable call at the end of the game. So <laughs> fair. But I felt like I talked for a long time there. Uninterrupted. Yeah. That, was, that was good. I need that sometimes. Get it out of my system. <laughs> that is All it right. for our ranked matchups, though. It's time to get into our bread and butter, the rivalry games. Nobody does rivalry games like the BDT. Let's get right down to it. Starting off with the first leg of the Commander-in-Chief's trophy this season, number 22, Air Force, the best team in the state of Colorado at Yet Navy. again. Uh, the, the midshipmen are 3-3 three and three on the season and nowhere close to that 6-0, and oh, that sweet, sweet 6-0 and oh for Air Force. We are, of course, going with the Air Force Academy here as uh, we have an Academy grad on the show. Usually he's not here tonight. Thanks, Tug. Uh, I was there at one point in my life, and you are currently in the Air Force, so we all at least have some allegiance. I'm also in the Air Force, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Look, Navy, they've looked really good at times, and then other times they've been Navy. They've been fucking awful. So the question is, what team shows up? They're at home. This is a game that they're going to get up for, especially especially when they can ruin Air Force's perfect season and their shot at a New Year's Six Bowl game. Mm-hmm. If there's a game for Navy to come out and perform, this is it. If there's a game for us to get Blue Falconed, <laughs> it would make so much sense for it to be Navy. Oh, it would be. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Next up, the battle for the bones. 
the greatest trophy in all of rivalries. I'm Memphis so hungry now. UAB. <laughs> and uh, dangerously, we're all going with Memphis here. Memphis won the last Battle of the Bones, I believe, took place in 2012, 2013, maybe. I think 2013 sounds about right. But right before they left Conference USA to go to the American Athletic Conference, the trophy was handed off to uh, UAB's athletic department to get polished and put get a new patina on it down there in Birmingham. It's going to be on the Memphis sideline. UAB has disappointed me a lot this year. I was really expecting them to build off of what they had going the past couple of years and at least be 500 at this point in the season. I'm not saying Memphis is for sure winning this one, but I would be more than upset if they lost this one. I just want to go back a second. Uh, you handed off your bone to get polished. Yeah. The bones, that beautiful rack of ribs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last meeting was 2012. Memphis won 46 to nine. Uh, I was there. Let's get a repeat. Let's get a repeat. Performance. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> Next up, the first leg of the big three. Number 18, Harvard, undefeated to this point in the season, including a couple of impressive ones over some legitimate FCS powerhouses, or so we thought at least, against Princeton, the other one of the big three being Yale, of course, in that Ivy League. Princeton off to a kind of disappointing start for how strong they usually are, two and three at this point, is a little bit of unusual territory for the Tigers. But the Harvard Crimson here are the big favorite and our all three of our pick. Yeah, this uh, this slide is not going to be full of skunks uh, because the next game, South Carolina versus Mizzou, I, I can't take the fake Tigers. Whatever they've got well, random, they've got random pillars on their fucking campus. Like, no, I'm not. We're not doing. We that. all know the real reason you're taking South Carolina. Go Cox. This one is called the Mayor's Cup, by the way, because this game is always held in Columbia. It's just a question of whether it's Columbia, South Carolina or Columbia, Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tug and I are picking the number 20 Missouri Tigers over the Spencer Crappler Gamecocks. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's finally time to admit that Spencer Rattler is not, uh, not what everybody was hoping he was. Yeah, there was a good four games there at Oklahoma where everybody was like, wow, this guy might be legit. And then that was about it for his career. So I, cool. I I would love to see him in the <laughs> XFL, USFL oh, yeah. conglomerate or even the FCF if they actually decide to play football again. That would be cool. The, the UFL, NSFL, whatever they're going to call themselves. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's a whole that thing. news, by the way. Yeah, we got it's on X. There's some other non uh, non-college or pro, or I guess it is pro football, non-college related news. If we want to get into that before we get into our games, we got more rivalry games here though. So yeah. We can, off with we'll slide Floyd, that in here in a little bit. Floyd of Rosedale, the big old pig, Minnesota at Iowa. We're all t- taking the Hawkeyes here. I do want to shout out before I let you give your thoughts on this matchup. This is the lowest, uh, point total given by Vegas for any game in at least the last 20 years. Uh. <laughs> uh, you want to know why? It's because Iowa doesn't score points and Minnesota is bad. 
and Minnesota is incapable of scoring points. Iowa just refuses to. Minnesota can't. That's. <laughs> but Minnesota yeah. also can't stop anybody, so I'm very interested to see how this one shakes out. A stoppable force meets a movable object. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, also eleven and one, Iowa Hawkeyes in the Big Ten title game is what we all desperately want to see at this point because it would be hilarious and sad at the same time. So That's let's go cool. Hawkeyes. <laughs> Next up, the South's oldest rivalry, Virginia at number ten, North Carolina. Let's go basketball schools uh, turning into football schools. It's it's been a great season for that. Unless you're Virginia, in these in last case, two years. you just you just well, they, suck at everything. They were like a – I don't even know what to call them. They were, they were more of a baseball school. And then they've had two good years of basketball, and yet they can't win in the tournament. So just fuck them all around. That's, that's how they're doing. <laughs> but we're all taking North Carolina, of course. As yeah, uh, implied I, as we shit on Virginia. Do we do we need to talk about that one? It's going to be on the CW, so everybody should be able to watch it, right? <laughs> that's the that's the best. I hope we get a rerun of the Flash right afterwards at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> that's the halftime show. Something from the Arrowverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Next up, Ole Miss is visiting Auburn this weekend on ESPN. Uh, Ole Miss seems to have a good offense, uh, and Auburn seems to have forgotten how to play football the last two weeks here, so that'll probably work in the Rebels' favor. But you are taking the home team, Auburn Tigers. Fuck Ole Miss. I, I'm not even going to try and justify this in having a legitimate reason for taking Auburn. They're at home, sure. Give them, give them a point there. Uh, I just really don't like – I don't like a lot of the SEC, in case you all haven't figured that out yet. And I don't even have a favorite SEC team. I don't think you dislike the entirety of the SEC. It's really just three teams. Yeah. Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I'm not. A, I don't like LSU too much either. So I mean, yeah, but you're like, you're a big Razorbacks fan. Give give you that at least. That's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're you're a big Arkansas supporter. I will I will cheer for the pigs, <laughs> which I have not been able to do too much this year. That is true. The O line makes it hard. Anyway, moving on to the Big Ten here, number two, Michigan at Michigan State. That's that's how much there was to not talk about the Ole Miss-Auburn game. We started talking about Arkansas because we haven't talked about them in so long. <laughs> we talked about them last episode when they lost to Alabama. Feels like it was too three. long ago. Yeah. We're still talking about Arkansas. Man, if because only they had this no matchup's line. not great either. This is the Paul Bunyan trophy. It'll be on NBC, which feels weird. Uh, because this first year we've had NBC covering Big Ten games. Unfortunately, they didn't put it on the cock. Would have made Sad. a lot more sense for this matchup. Uh, also, this is a great opportunity to bring up all the shit surrounding <laughs> the, the program at the moment. Uh, so Michigan State apparently legitimately told the Big Ten they were going to cancel this game because of... Of the fight the, last year? 
no because of how insane Michigan's sign stealing is and like the sophistication that's supposed to be involved in this. So what Michigan is currently accused of, if everyone doesn't know the story, this broke today, so I don't blame anyone for not knowing. Uh, Michigan is currently being accused of legitimately sending out personnel, program personnel, to upcoming opponents, games, practices, NFL scouting events, that kind of thing, videotaping the coaches and the sidelines to get signals, correlate them to whatever play is being you know, run on in that instance, and then translating that to the game as it's happening. Then after halftime, they have that like translation. They can send information up to the booth electronically. That's two illegal things now, pre-scouting and electronic usage of the scouting the signals during the game to the booth after halftime. They've been doing this for at least two years now, and a couple of coaches have come forward supposedly with evidence of this. Isn't this the exact same thing the Patriots were doing? Isn't this the exact same thing the Houston Astros were doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. The Astros got a little bit more sophisticated in a few different ways. We don't need to get into that. Well, I, I thought I remember Sophisticated hearing... or dumber, because they were just beating trash cans at some point. Yeah, they had... Yeah, they had they had a couple more sophisticated things once they got called yeah. out for the trash cans. Uh, I feel like this was brought up at least once or twice by a couple other teams last year. Somebody yes. like people have said there was some fishy shit going on. So James Franklin has called this out. Greg Schiano has called this out. Which, if you have to steal signs to beat Rutgers, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> There is a theory with no evidence right now that Ryan Day has uh, gone so far as to hire an investigative team himself. <laughs> I think that was a Michigan fan theory, but it's funny. So got to respect it a little bit. <laughs> no, there, there have been a few coaches reach out to the league office and the NCAA and the Big Ten themselves came out today and were like, yeah, this is a legitimate investigation, and this is not okay, which is the first time I've ever heard of a conference coming out and talking about, hey, we need to investigate this. So what? that's wild. Cool. I can't wait for Hallball <laughs> to be coaching in the NFL again, one. Yeah, Two, right. uh, what, how that that would explain so much. I feel like the turnaround at Michigan was so quick and so monumental. Yeah. I mean, and it would explain how insanely disparate the team looks from first half to second half every game except for the TCU game when they didn't know their opponent in, in enough advance to be able to scout them like this. Like that makes too much sense right now to me. I, I don't like them, so I feel like I'm a bad messenger for this. Yeah. Like, I have a I have a very strong anti-Team Up North bias, right? Everyone is aware of this. But at the same time, the NCAA and the Big Ten themselves are coming out and saying, this is not okay. And Michigan State 
basically said, if they know what play we're running, every play that we run, that is a matter of health and safety for our own players. Oh, yeah. That is that is not oh, yeah. a competitive game at that point. That is just letting our players get hit. And yeah. that's not that's I, not something we're in the business of. So I'll, I don't I'll, know what's gonna happen this weekend. But I'll say it right now too. Like I in high school, uh I was running scout team defense. And I've got one of my ears I hear better out of than another. And there were a couple times where the wind was blowing towards me. They're in the huddle. Quarterback's talking a little bit louder than he should. And I knew all the offensive plays because I played on the O-line too. I was scout team, defensive end. I heard the play. I knew exactly where the ball was going. I knew exactly what to do. And I looked like a fucking superstar. Hell yeah. Let's go. Like, it. I don't think people understand just how big of an impact this is. It's it. People talk well, about these, baseball a lot. Like I get it. Knowing that yeah. a fastball's coming is a huge deal because your timing. You know, you got to be ready to swing, and you're just sitting dead red. Oh, that's where it's going to be. I'm I'm swinging. Football. It really is a safety matter because you know exactly what's going to happen. You can just sidestep the blocker because you know exactly what he's going to do. You have the perfect. You don't have to spend any you know any fraction of a second that figuring out a way of how to counter what he's doing, you can come out the gate and counter it. Right. And there's a big difference between, like, even what you're talking about. If another team happens to use similar nomenclature to yours and you happen to catch what they said and know the play, that's not illegal at all. Like, that's expressly in the NCAA rulebook that is allowed. But pre-scouting the signs and then using electronic devices to, you know, uh, to communicate that to the other members of your staff or potentially to players is very illegal. Much like if the Astros had had a guy on second base saying, hey, you know, he's waving, that's a fastball, completely legal. All right, the catcher right. needs to do a fucking better job. Right. But if they're sitting here with a camera in the outfield banging on trash cans, that's completely different. <laughs> so we might be in for some fun times. In the, the how great many, state up north. <laughs> man, how many, how fucking many games are they going to end up having to lose? They they might have to vacate like two and a half years worth of wins here, which matches the timeline of when they suddenly got good. So <laughs> it would, it would be crazy. It would be crazy. We do have a, uh, a point redemption here, though. Going to talk about flag football in the Olympics. I actually got sent a tweet about 20 minutes ago from our buddy Painted Bronco. Go check out Goal Horns and Fight Songs. They're live on Tuesdays. Or sorry, they're live on Wednesdays talking about college hockey, specifically the NCHC. Uh, and he's he sent me an article, an interesting thing, from Front Office Sports talking about how the NFL Players Association and the NFL are behind the athletes taking part in the 2028 flag football event at the Olympics. What are your thoughts on this? I am completely on board with all the tweets I've been seeing of like (laughs) insert random Norwegian painter getting juked by B. John Robinson. (laughs) Just fucking (laughs) yeeted 40 yards to the left. Can't wait for that shit. <laughs> Insert 
North Korean corner who just looks dejected on the sidelines because he's let up six straight touchdowns to Tyree Kill and knows he's not going to be able to come home to his family like that. <laughs> I, I want to fucking dominate. Let's. I go. almost. I almost feel like they need to have the event. Put like a bunch. Put the Texas State champions out there. Have them be the American representatives. And then if they win, have the second place team then play the NFL players because it's it's not even going to be fair. It's a free gold medal for the Olympics. I swear to God, if they lose, if they don't get gold, I so will lose all faith. Here's my concern, right? We we got that cocky with basketball and we had to get humbled a couple times. And we're getting humbled right now, and NBA players aren't taking it seriously anymore. And let's build a dream team and keep fucking going. What I want to have happen legitimately, this is my real wish for the Olympic. Uh, if we're going to have NFL players do this, let's make the Pro Bowl, the AFC versus NFC, let that be the game to determine who goes to the Olympics. I love it. But, but we also have to have a big man game because there's not going to be any linemen in flag football. And I would just love to see offensive and defensive linemen playing wide receiver and quarterback and even, you know, a running back. Let's run, let's run a, a, a speed option out here. <laughs> More like a slow option. <laughs> I look, I, I actually wrote an article for a blog for uh for the website a while ago i never published it i never really found the right time to do it I, it might be time to to du- you know blow the dust off of it put it up there put it out there in the universe because i i this is not going to be the first time that football has been at the olympics but it will be the first time that it's going to be an official sport albeit as flag football this is huge for the game for the growth of the game i've already seen that australia uh, has is in preparation. They're getting ready for the 2028 Olympics. Lacrosse is also going to be back. That's great. And cricket, cricket too. That's you got That's crazy. Spell. I think there's another one. I. It's Whatever. to me. It's not enough for any of these sports really to just be at these 2028 Olympics. They need to stay with them forever i i really do think flag football has that opportunity we've seen the success of rugby sevens perhaps that's what pushed them towards saying oh yeah we can we can totally do some flag football at the olympics yeah i don't know i don't know if there will be a day where we finally get finally get full contact tackle football at the olympics i think there there's a minute possibility i mean go ahead look their spring leagues are being becoming more and more successful i know i know I'm saying there's a chance. I'm not saying it's great. And if that if that were to be the case, I do think it would be something similar to what we see with uh, soccer at the Olympics versus the World Cup, where it's the U23 team versus the best of the best at the World Cup. Perhaps we would end up seeing something like a high school All-American team and high school age players playing uh, in a football uh, exhibition for the Olympics. I get it. The recovery time takes too long, but they got plenty of things yeah. that start start before the Olympics and finish that last weekend. I'm not ruling it out just yet. Yeah, the official Olympic Games is like two weeks. That would just not be ah, summer. Summer's three, I think. Paris 2024 is from the 26th of July to the 11th of August. 
man, that feels like seven years. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. But I do want to shout out Painted yeah. Bronco one more time for passing me that uh, that information here live during the show. You can tweet at either one of us, any of us. You can tweet at the main page. You can message us. You can email us, mailbox at bdtfootball.com. Uh, at BDT football on Twitter, wherever, or we've got our personal handles on, uh, on screen as well. Normally, which is why you need to watch this at twitch.com backslash big dudes in the trenches, all one word or catch it later on YouTube, which is where you can catch goal horns and fight songs Tuesdays at 9 PM Eastern. Like I said, they talk about all things NCHC hockey. Thank you, Peyton Bronco. And, uh, that's enough free promotion for you. <laughs> Jeff, next time. Please subscribe <laughs> to the Twitch. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get back to business here. I got some games that I made picks on. Yeah. Some games that I flat out just picked. Now, I was really hoping UCF would be having a better season. Sure. But I would also love to watch Oklahoma beat the absolute dog shit out of UCF. <laughs> um, and I would. I, I'm not saying I'm gonna, you know, make a trend of this. Like, I don't know, maybe watch Houston get thumped against Texas or OU, or I don't know. Well, Houston, uh, Texas is this week, so you missed your chance. I missed my chance. Uh, you know, I I would love to see all these teams that left uh, Cincinnati. I would love to see them get beat by Texas or OU. So we might we might see that game later. And this was really a hate pick. Uh, I would love to see number six Oklahoma just absolutely destroy UCF. Uh, for thinking they're all high and mighty, thinking they're the best thing ever. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty simple. I don't expect this one to be a good game. I'm willing to take that hit. I've got two games coming up that I do think will be good games. I want to see UCF get beat the piss out of for their continual claim that they produce the most astronauts, which is just blatantly, patently false. I have no idea where they came up with this idea that they produce more astronauts than any other college or university. Uh, they're like 17th on the list. So fuck them for that bullshit. They keep calling themselves space. U, and they have a space U uniform every year for like the past three years. And they I just, think that's, I think that's more the, the Cape Canaveral thing unless the, uh, yeah, but they keep posting it with like, we produce astronauts or whatever. It's like, Oh yeah. Cool. Fuck that. Just like their, just like their national championship. They can get fucked. I'd also love to see Dylan Gabriel just absolutely dunk on his former team. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, going to make cool. me very happy too. <laughs> Next up, we have a Missouri Valley conference matchup, Illinois state. We're, we're all picking a- Oklahoma. If that wasn't clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Illinois state taking on Youngstown state. Number 25. Youngstown State's been up and down, but they have been way better when they're on than Illinois State has been all year, despite being four and two. I do, however, think this is going to be a lot closer. Youngstown State has just been a different team at home, a different animal. Yeah. Uh, and that's they, why we're all going with the Penguins. At home, they've been the Emperor Penguin. On the road, they've been Extinct Penguin. They've been Happy Feet. <laughs> No, like legitimately, I was hoping you would say that because that was exactly my thought process picking this game. Illinois State has been interesting and they've been a little bit fun at times, but Youngstown State has been fucking dominant when they're at home for some reason. So, like <laughs> otherworldly dominant. Yeah. Yeah. But 
again, it's the only sound state. So anything's possible. And I, I could, I definitely could see this being a fascinating finish. Put it that way. But we're all taking the Penguins. Cool. Last but not least, you can catch that one on ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Eastern, by the way. Uh, we have we have an ACC matchup that has lost a lot of its luster, but not for me. This is my first time taking Clemson this year. Uh, and we're taking Clemson at Miami. Oh, boy. 8 p.m. Eastern on the ACC network. Clemson, everybody's taking the Tigers. I think I know why. Uh, and it's because if you look at the last four matchups of Clemson versus Miami, you could take all of Miami's points and take Clemson's total from any singular game and Clemson would still win. <laughs> that's just, that's great. That's great. The last four matchups, Miami has scored 30 points total. Uh, the Clemson lowest Clemson. More than 30 in every game. Yeah. I think the lowest was like 42. The lowest was 38, but still. That's close. I think they scored, they might have scored 42 twice or something like that. Uh, yeah. Clemson has not looked like the Clemson Tigers that we've grown used to. I mean, this, the, it seems that they've really come back down to earth. It's, they don't have any superstars on this team that you're like, oh man, this guy's a first round draft pick for sure. Can't miss. Miami has come back down to earth because they just, they came in with lofty expectations and it feels like they're just really not meeting them. They have not met them all year. Uh, and this is just who they are. This is, this is what we're seeing right now. This is Miami. And I'm very interested to see how Miami rebounds and if Clemson can kind of assert their dominance and maybe get back into that top 25, perhaps even a new year six bowl conversation here as an ACC representative. Yeah, would not at all be surprised to see the winner of this game sneak back into that top 25 next week, whoever it is. But I am expecting it will be the Tigers. This, man, the ultimate skunk. I feel like if I get the – if the ultimate skunk happens on this, you get I feel like point, I, really. <laughs> I, I deserve at least one. <laughs> Probably. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss if that happens. Hopefully he doesn't get there. I kind of <laughs> hope it does now. If we go over nine on that slide, oof, <laughs> oof. All right, my games this weekend starting off with a heater down the FCS in the Patriot League. Lafayette is off to a five and one start this season at Holy Cross, four and two. Holy Cross, who started off pretty slow, but has been darn good as of late, and is hosting this one one p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus. I'm going with the Leopards. Purely because the storyline's been really fun to watch. They have a couple of players kind of been playing outside their minds recently on the offensive side of the ball. But the defense is more the storyline here, which, if I'm trying to be logical, would be the reason I would take the Leopards here. The The Crusaders have been a little bit less consistent on offense, even though I think Lafayette's playing above, like outside of where their talent level really is. Uh, Holy Cross is a little bit more up and down. And when you play a great defense, you can't afford to be inconsistent. So I am hoping that the Leopards pull this out because I think that'd be fun. I do think Holy Cross is probably the better team, but Tug and I are taking the Leopards, if and that, nothing else for the storyline. 
That's kind of what I was leaning on to. I, I I agree with you. I think Holy Cross overall is the better team. I do think some of the offensive performances we've been seeing from Lafayette, those guys are going to come back down to earth. The question yeah. is, will Holy Cross be able to overcome that defense at home? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they will. I was looking really hard at taking this game. I almost went that way, but I've got that Missouri Valley bias. I So I went that way. I'm, I'm very glad that you took this one because it was definitely on my radar. Next up, I was torn between a different FCS game and this Big 12 banger. Oklahoma State at West Virginia, a battle of four and two teams. You know, you want to know. fan base is happy here. <laughs> you want to know something funny? As I almost took this game, too. <laughs> Oklahoma State fans are pissed because they don't think they're playing well enough. West Virginia fans are pissed because they're playing too well and they want to get rid of Neil Brown. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. I love this so much. Uh, I'm picking West Virginia because I haven't expected them to do anything all year and they're four and two. Uh, and I thought oh, Oklahoma State would be better than four and two and they've been disappointing. So I'm just taking the team that's impressed me to this point. I know that West Virginia shouldn't be here, but neither should Oklahoma State. So what the hell? I'm just I'm picking the fun Mountaineers here. Country roads, suck my toes. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh my god! I just like Jeff Van Gundy. Like, uh, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no other reason here. Uh, Oklahoma Who the State. Hell is that? Is it Stan Van Gundy? Which Van Gundy Jeff, is it? It's not a Van Gundy. It's just Gundy. Uh, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Van Gundy is a former head coach of the New York Knicks, Houston Rockets. <laughs> what the hell? I, hold on. Now you, now you got me freaking out. It's Mike Gundy. It's Mike Gundy. It's, it's not Mike Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. Look, you talking about sucking toes just completely threw me off. I was like, uh, uh, what? Understandable, but still, how can you forget this glorious mullet? I I do love I do love the mullet. I, I remembered Gundy. That's all that stuck out. Look, I just love Mike Gundy. He's he's no longer forty, but he is in fact a man. He's fifty six. Don't attack him in the class. He's he's a, you know these kids are outstanding yeah. in the classroom. Leaders yeah. on the field. He's yeah. a man. He's 56. Go after him. Champions of life, if you will. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not Arkansas State. Stop that. <laughs> oh, man. I just want to be – if I were not going to Southern Illinois this weekend, I would make an exception to my previous travel plans and just find my way to one of the parties in Morgantown, West Virginia this weekend because it would be Burn fucking some insane. I would – Buy a couch and burn it just on the top of my car, burn my car, just fucking wreck my entire life for the sake of this game. That would be a great time. (laughs) Am I kidding? Who knows at this point? Moving on. Next matchup is in some some great Saturday action. Toledo at Miami of Ohio. Both teams are 5-1 and one at this point. Both teams look like they might be legitimate contenders for that MAC title game. 
at least making an appearance here. Toledo, of course, being the reigning MAC champions and playing extremely well on the offensive side of the ball. And then you have Miami, the home team, with Brett fucking Gabbert out here doing his thing and just lighting it up. So I got to watch them in person beat the shit out of the Bowling Green State Falcons, who beat the shit out of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who beat the Miami Hurricanes, who beat Miami of Ohio. So it's just a great circle of suck, and it's it's too much fun. So what I'm hearing is Miami is better than Miami. And Miami is also better than Miami. (laughs) Inception. Four layers. I'm going with Toledo. Is Toledo better than Miami is the question. Which Miami? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) What are you thinking with this one? Uh, I'm going with Toledo because... I haven't seen either two of these teams play, and I kind of had a feeling you guys were going to go Miami. Uh, we could get the ultimate skunk, and we could have the ultimate anti-skunk on this slide. This would be this would be very interesting back-to-backs. It certainly would, and you would get two points out of that. So, of course, you're rooting for that. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I did get to see Miami play live. I've not seen Toledo play live yet this season, so I am ex- excited to – Finally catch a Toledo game. They've been emailing me every single fucking week, at least three times a week, because I went there for the Italian Bowl. And I was on the mailing list now. Nice. So <laughs> keep getting notifications about them winning games. And I'm like, man, I really ought to check out a Toledo game this year, and I haven't yet. So this is my excuse to do so. Hear that, Toledo. I'm finally watching your fucking game. <laughs> Leave me alone. So, so my Miami's going to win. The, the fake Miami, not the real Miami. They did not stand up. Well, this is a real Miami, but for non-football reasons. Does Potato. Sure. Mr. Potato's <laughs> okay. in the chat. He's feeling Miami too, so we'll see how this one shakes out for us. Thanks, Mr. Potato. Appreciate it. Next up, we got Tugs Games. Uh, he picked a doozy with his first one. I don't, I don't know why we have to revisit this one, but it's Northwestern versus Nebraska, a battle of three and three teams. I did not realize either team had won a game, frankly. Uh, You can catch it at two thirty p.m. Eastern on the Big Ten Network. We're all going with Nebraska. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. I, I am surprised that Northwestern's been able to put anything together this season with all they the off season. Dist- yeah. <laughs> all the all season distractions that they had with Pat Fitzgerald and the, the hazing yeah. allegations. That story could get very juicy uh, here before too long. So we'll just have to wait and see how that all shakes out. It's weird taking Nebraska, uh, but we know that it's going to be sold out there. I don't know that Northwestern's ready for that. If I have to pick a logical football reason to take Nebraska, it would be the defense. That's about all I have on analysis on that, though. Like, Nebraska's defense is better yeah. than Northwestern's anything, but not, like, to the level where we should have all picked Nebraska. Tug picked a bad game. This, this game is going to suck. Well, yes, yeah, this, this I don't I don't have faith that this next game is going to be any better. The main bear. Well, this one will be fun because Campbell, Campbell always finds a way to make games fun. That's but. true. I 
I had looked at this one until I really started looking at Maine, and I was just like, man, I don't, yeah, I don't see any chance of this being interesting. And I, it looks like all of us are going with Campbell as well. 4 p.m. Eastern on Flow Sports. Yeah, I, man, this this is why I didn't want to take this game because I knew we were all going to go with Campbell. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, Maine Maine has been interesting in recent memory but not this year so that's that's kind of where we're at with Maine (laughs) Campbell's been exciting though I I do get the pick here they've been exciting one way or another either they're doing something amazing to win a game or they're you know losing in spectacular fashion and last but not least I mean goodness if they've had one two three in a row one score games uh, a 10-point spread against a very highly ranked William & Mary team. So it's – Campbell's fine. They're nothing exceptional. They are better than right. Maine, though. That's... Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, we have UTSA 3-3 three and three taking on 3-3 three and three FAU, the former Conference USA and current uh, American Athletic Conference matchup here. Both teams – uh, have underperformed from what we were. Ex- I, I guess FAU is about exactly where we thought they would be. UTSA, though, we've been wanting more from them. Uh, Doug, you and I are going with the Roadrunners. Meanwhile, Tug is going with the Owls. I guess he thought this was the basketball game he was picking here. Uh, you can catch this at 5 p.m. Eastern <laughs> on ESPN. That would be a very Tug move to think he's taking a basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. The the correct pick here is probably honestly Florida Atlantic. The way these teams have performed to this point in, in the, this season, I do feel like both of us are projecting a little bit based off of what we saw out of UTSA last year. But Florida Atlantic was in that conference USA last year too, right? This isn't yeah. We're not taking on a new American squad that we haven't seen them play before, right? This is a this is a familiar opponent. If we're looking at individual stats, the only real difference maker to me in my mind is Frank Harris. So I am siding with UTSA still. But Florida Atlantic overall has been better this year. So I get Tug taking FAU, but it is a bit of emotional pull for the Roadrunners for me. Yeah, I... I just love Jeff Trailer. I love what he's been able to do with the program here. He's having a bit of a down year, uh, but getting into the meat of this conference schedule, it's a great time to start turning things around and getting UTSA back on the right track. And it's a down year in as far as he lost to two Power 5 opponents. One of those was Houston, still counts, and Army, which is always a, it's always a tough game. I mean, your, your first time playing a triple option team in – I don't know when the last time they played a triple option team was. They're in to play Navy damn near every year now. And Army's not even really a traditional triple option anymore right now in their current situation. So it's as a really funky system and they, yeah, they almost won that. So yeah, I, another part of that is I don't like Tom Herman. So <laughs> that's fair for reasons. <laughs> anyway. Our sport, 
our sports scorebot is going crazy. There's been a few different scores pop up here. Uh, can we talk about rice for a minute? We we don't take rice games typically because we just think rice. Oh, they're going to be bad, but they're whooping up on Tulsa, forty-one to ten right now. Well, Tulsa's been Tulsa's been one of those weird cases where it feels like they're usually better than their record, like most years. Mm-hmm. And then they went out and hired like one of the worst possible hires they could have had. And a guy who I don't even know what he did on Ohio State staff. So <laughs> let's just be real here. That's concerning. Rice is a, a great story this season. Tulsa is a middling program making weird decisions. Um, Rice beat Houston. So be on the lookout for sixth year quarterback JT Daniels and these Rice Owls. That's where we're at. Jesus Christ. All right. Getting back into it. We're going to take a little trip up to Detroit and talk uh, NFL draft prospects here. Do we have to? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Go to Detroit, that is. Not talk about NFL prospects. I could do that all day. But fucking Detroit. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Starting us off with a receiver out of Virginia. One of the worst offenses in college football right now. So why am I talking about one of their offensive players? Well, it's because he's having his best season ever. Uh, and he's coming out of – this. Is, he's a transfer from Northwestern. So it actually kind of makes sense that his best season ever is getting out of Northwestern and onto somehow a better situation for him in Virginia. Talking about number four, Malik Washington, five foot eight, 194-pound receiver. With most yards he's ever had, or at least very close to that, probably will surpass that this season. Uh, coming up on the most catches he's ever had, has almost doubled his career total of touchdowns heading into this season. One season of production is scary for any NFL team trying to take a prospect. But if your production's good enough and you test well, it can be worth it. I would also say he came from fucking Northwestern. Of course, his production is yes. better now. <laughs> that is true. So the other concern with receivers, when you look at a, a low yardage total, you want to see where they caught the ball, how many yards after the catch did they create, right? Uh, not a great way to do that, but one of the ways to do that is to look at the yard, average yards per catch. Most teams are going to be throwing you the ball eight to 12 yards down the field if you're an outside receiver, which Malik Washington has started to become. He's getting further outside, even at five foot eight. Uh, to be averaging over 15 yards per catch now is actually impressive. The most previously in his career was a 13 yards per catch average in 2021 which is good, but only on 44 catches in a season. You know, how much How much do you really trust that? And it is Northwestern, so, like, didn't really do much there. But <laughs> nobody does. To get over clear definitively that 10 yards per catch average, getting up into that 15 to 20 range 
if he can expand this even more, it would look a lot better, obviously. Uh, but that 15 to 20 range is where you start to be looking like, wow, this is legitimately a, a threat at the receiver position. So if he can keep this up, get some production against a North Carolina secondary, which has been a bit of a problem. They've had a few transfers out of the cornerback room this past offseason, and it's been affecting them. Drake May is the one winning them games here. Let's be real. It's not this defense. Uh, if Malik Washington can go off, could be a great sign. We've we've seen receivers come out of bad offenses and bad teams before and do well. And like we've already talked about Will Shepard for Vanderbilt this season, kind of a similar situation to me, right? There can be great individual producers on poor offenses. I'm looking at Malik Washington this week for the Virginia Cavaliers. And let's move on to the defensive side here. You've got a linebacker from the FCS level. Yeah, we don't see too many players actually get drafted at the FCS level, honestly. Uh, if they do, their offensive skill positions who just developed late and are freakishly athletic. So a linebacker out of Lafayette in his, what, sixth year playing football uh, probably not going to get drafted, let's be real. But there is a very legitimate shot he gets drafted in the combination XFL, USFL, whatever that is, or gets picked up as an undrafted free agent. And based off of this year's production, I could see him maybe making some noise here. And I want to see how he does against Holy Cross. It would be definitely the best team they've played to this point this season. Other than Duke, but, I mean, fuck, it's Lafayette against Duke. I mean, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> uh, what's been interesting about Billy Schaefer to me, he is a, one of those true combination linebackers. They legitimately put him in the box as much as they put him in coverage situations. He has been good at both at different times in his career, which is tough. It's, it's not a great look. You want to be consistently good at everything if you can. But if you're going to be great at one thing, you know, at least at least you have that going for you. This year he's been legitimately great at creating pressure, and they need to put him in the box more often. 22 quarterback hurries this season is insane. That does include five and a half sacks. Out of a guy who does not rush the passer, like, all that Very often. impressive. Half of the time he's on the field, he's even in the box. That's not half the time he's on the field. He's in a pass rush situation. That's most of that time he's probably in a run defense situation. Like this is a this is a legitimate threat rushing the passer in limited opportunities. That's awesome to see. So if he can do that against Holy Cross, that's going to be a huge difference maker in this game. He's six foot three, two hundred thirty pound linebacker who doesn't look it. He could probably fill out a little bit and probably end up playing defensive end somewhere if he develops. Like, this is a, a guy who appears to have some actual pass rushing potential at the next level, putting on some weight in the gym. Yeah, I I think just looking at his numbers and looking at everything he's done, his size, he's got a lot of measurables that – lean towards having a career at the next level 
But like you said, he's got to get in the gym. He's got to do some different things to really get a shot as a linebacker from the SCS level. Yeah, I, I would love to see him bulk up another. I know it's crazy difficult to ask he's, you to maintain speed if you're adding like 30 pounds, 30, 40 pounds. But if he could do that and put together these kind of pass rush numbers as a legitimate defensive end, holy shit, he would have a shot. I I would love to see that. I would love to see, you know, what is – I would love to see if his pass coverage went up a little bit, maybe have him as more of a, a, a stand-up pass rushing outside line, linebacker that drops in the coverage. I think there's a lot of potential for him. But as you said, he's, there's, there's a, he's a long way from the there, NFL. There's some things to work with there, though, and I want to see it in action. And this is the best offense they will have faced, again, other than Duke, but it's fucking – it's Lafayette against Duke. So <laughs> let's be realistic. <laughs> oh man so that's all we have for the show here today thank you for tuning in folks uh tug's not here to read you the links but we did like twice throughout the course of this episode uh, they've also been scrolling across the bottom so if you're watching us on twitch big dudes in the trenches on youtube big dudes in the trenches you can watch them as they're scrolling across the bottom of the screen if you're listening to this show somewhere else thank you for doing that first of all second of all it's better to watch recommend that third of all those links will be in the description of the podcast so you can still find stuff but because tug doesn't do it i'm going to read all of them off including our discord link you can find us you can support the show by going to patreon.com backslash bdt football or you can come subscribe on twitch twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches or give bits whatever you want to do you can you can support the show that way you can also check us out on Twitter at twitter.com backslash BDT football or I guess x.com backslash BDT football, facebook.com backslash BDT football, instagram.com backslash BDT underscore football. Some asshole took BDT football from us. We have a website very much in flux. We're trying to figure out the best way to work that. If you've got suggestions, although apparently you have an article that might be going up there soon. Yeah. Yeah. If you have suggestions mm-hmm. on how to make it a little bit better, go to bdtfootball.com. You can m- email us at mailbox at bdtfootball.com. And like we've said a couple times, you can catch the video episode at youtube.com backslash big dudes in the trenches. We've pimped it a few times. We've talked about it, but we have not talked about the link for our Discord. Get a pen out. Get ready. Discord.gg backslash 9GX3PTG36E. That is different from the one that's scrolling across the bottom, <laughs> but that is the one that's going to be in the link. Should be a little bit easier to copy if you just uh, you know open up the description there. Wow. That's great. And Tug, Tug won't do it. Tug won't do it. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana is beating the piss out of Northwestern State in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I figured, honestly, but it's fine. <laughs> hey, Tug loses the point, too. I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, and Mr. Potato, I think, just dropped a link to it in our uh, – oh, no, he dropped a link to my Discord. What do you know? Ooh. Hey. You know, secret, secret hidden Discord somewhere else. Hey, you know, people I have... can only find if they come on Twitch and watch us live. We're not reading it. Get out of here. <laughs> Hey, Doug. Yes, sir. What do leaves say when they hibernate? Mm, Probably something stupid. What? Rake me up when September ends.
that is so like disrespectful to the meaning of that song. Just I know. Say. <laughs> wow. All right. Get me out of here. <laughs> Are we doing Tuck's thing? Fuck no. Get me out of here. <laughs> Peace out, Girl Scout. We will see y'all next week. Let's enjoy some football this week.